Well, what are they drinking? Whiskey. These outlaws. Oh, well, don't let my white duds and pleasant demeanor fool you. I, too, have been known to violate the statutes of man, and not a few of the laws of the Almighty. It's that time again. It is that time again. Shall we start the episode? We shall start. Okay. So anytime you want to. It's rolling. All right. Well, hey, everybody, and uh, welcome to the episode. Uh, This is uh, your Rule of Thirds friends coming back to you again for our annual holiday tradition of drinking the beer on the podcast. Um, I'm just drinking the beer. The beer. The beer on the podcast. You know, I mean. You know the beer. If, if you've listened to our podcast, you know that every year uh, we, we my, uh, being myself, Stephen Foxworthy, and my co-host, Sammy Dumas, and Caleb Dunkerson, and uh, as we were last year, we are this year joined by Sam's wife, Stephanie, Hello. and uh, we drink uh, the last three years of the Trader Joe's Vintage Ale, uh, and so we have gathered together to do just that. And uh, I'm going to hand off the what are we drinking, even though I kind of just told you. I'm going to go ahead and hand off the specifics of that to my good friend, Sammy Dumas. Sam. Well, I was unprepared to say anything. Uh, well, we have... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Why were you unprepared? This is a podcast, Sam. You have to talk. I forgot. I didn't forget anything. Um, so, uh, the well, first We haven't one, recorded in a while, so I can see why you would forget. The first you one. You the computer out here and then forgot about it. Fair enough. First Sam, one, what's the first one? The first one <laughs> is uh, Trader Joe's 2016 Vintage Ale. That's a dark ale brewed with spices and natural flavor added. The uh, second one we'll be drinking is Trader Joe's 2017 Vintage Ale. It is also a dark ale brewed with spices and natural flavor added. <laughs> and the third one we'll be drinking is Trader Joe's 2018 Vintage Ale. Dark ale brewed with spices. And all three of these are on Lee's. Well, is there no natural flavors added on 18? doesn't say that there is. Holy shit. <laughs> and, uh, it doesn't. I, for one, am scandalized. Hang on, it doesn't. I have no idea what we're even going to be drinking It's now. completely non-natural flavors added. And look okay. at this. They've downgraded the logo. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just basic fun. Like, they're just turning this out. They don't care. No Listen, they got to Quaggonary and they decided that they spent so much money on the gold label that year that they had to they had to go downward. <laughs> they're going to be pinching pennies for the next yeah. few years, I think. Yeah. Not, you're not going to get anything special for another however many years Quaggonary is. We still haven't figured that one out. Yeah, I don't know what that word means. And I know what a lot of words mean. And I don't know is what that, that like word means. Is that like quick quagmire? Doubtful. Um... Oh. <clears throat> Let me uh, let me go ahead and do some some much needed research here while Sam uh, pops the cork on our first brew. And the first one we're doing is 2016, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So every year we do this, we end up like messing up somehow on how we distribute the beer. So how are we doing the distribution of the beer? Are we going to be doing a small sample? For the first round with each beer, so that we can have a taste, but not like drink the. <laughs> <laughs> That was a little pressure. It's got a little carbonation in that one. So, anyway. And from five feet away, Stephanie manages to peek out the mic. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, rest in peace, headphones listeners. <laughs> sorry, guys. So. Not only did it almost hit me on the way up, it almost hit me on the way down, too. <laughs> 
Chelsea has a little startling. <laughs> <laughs> Sam almost killed his wife with two witnesses. Well, I didn't even take the lid off yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the older ones. That always happens. You got to be careful. You got to like put your whole hand around it because yeah, that happens. So. You'd think he'd learn. You think? He doesn't. No. Well, sometimes it's just like completely unimpressive. Whenever and sometimes you take it rots that. and falls in, and we have to push it up. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Hey, that, that was when it happened. Like that was when it was like four years old. Yeah, we were drinking it past the prime. <laughs> no, once, one. once it gets At past four years, all the carbonation goes away, and then actually gets negatively carbonated. <laughs> yeah. It, everything sucks hole. in, yeah, becomes a black hole. So, Caleb, in response to the question I perceive you to have been asking before the unpleasantness. Before a hole was punched yeah. into the ceiling. <laughs> there is a uh, very notable little divot yes, in our is. ceiling now. <laughs> that is spectacular. Mm, yeah, Good for you, buddy. To, we'll have to sharpie that later with uh, what caused it. I would have a video version. I, <laughs> we really do need to be like live streaming or something. <laughs> oh man, what an opportunity! Always a treat, guys. I would say uh, little small samples for the first round, and then we can partake of the ones that we enjoy. <laughs> a little bit more than that. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> Sam has poured an obscenely small amount, uh, a splash, a dribble, if you will. Yeah, generously called a splash. No, no, I need a better player because I think that's a really good uh, amount. I think that's a decent pour. Oh, geez. oh, now you're spilling it. Jeez, Sam, we're gonna have to replace you. Now, how are you gonna me- how are you gonna measure this one, Sam? Hmm. Hmm. We need a stunt double <laughs> for this show. Okay. All right. All right. This looks pretty good. This yeah. is pretty good. That's okay. Who wants what? Um, there. It's all the same beer. And the same, presumably the same, the same amount of the same beer, so it well, shouldn't matter. You know, more or less. Boy, girl, boy, girl. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was thinking of White Christmas. Have you guys ever watched that? It's been years. All right, this smells like eggnog. Girl, it has girl. eggnog on the nose. Holy shit, it does. <laughs> oh, that's nice. This has got weird smells. Oh, but, but, the, but, but if you smell harder, there's more in there than eggnog. <laughs> but the initial nose is eggnog to me. It was like vanilla. This is some hard yeah. core vanilla. Yeah, yeah. Here. But I think that's probably. I like it. That's probably what I'm doing. I'm eating a little bit of fruit too. Yeah, I mean it's in there. That's why I said you so smell harder. Vanilla. You got so yeah. So many smell natural flavors added. Yeah. Oh shit. What's it? What's 2018 even gonna be with no natural? Just flavors? a lot of unnaturalness. <laughs> a lot of spice, I would imagine. Okay. So. I just like to sniff this one for a while. But you took a drink. Utilize. Mmm, smooth. Mmm, I like that one. You can take a moon, gather up stars mm. and the rock. I feel like this has got much flavor. Well, hold on a second. But it's very smooth. Take a second drink. No, oh, there's some after flavor going on there. Yeah. Mm. Well, this one aged awkwardly. Definitely more flavor on the second sip. Well, Did you only get one sip? Yeah, it's got kind of a bready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A real, real, real crusty bready. It's real crusty on the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, I think this one has matured re- really rather nicely. Yeah, I didn't like this one when it first came out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this gotten one a lot better. It's vanilla. Bread, a little bit it of fruit. It reminds me of the bread that they used I to really... give, the dark bread at uh, 
What is that one restaurant that used to do the loaves of dark bread? Was that Lonesar? Grindstone Charlie's or yeah. Lonesar? Lonesar? Lonesar. Well, some kind of steakhouse. That's kind of what it reminds me of. So, I mean, the nose is just flowing with, with you know, smells. But it's it's the, a little busy, the, the nose. The palate, you know, when you're tasting it, it's just very minimal. Mm-hmm. It's very minimal. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not going to say is a bad thing. Yeah. Because I don't think it is. Oh, it's a very smooth. I so like that smooth. one a lot. I might revisit wow. that one a little later in the evening. That one aged very well. Kind of has um. <laughs> so that's the uh, 2016. It has a vaguely metallic flavor, which tends to happen with these, as I recall. But it's not like really pronounced or offensive in any way. Very, uh, very carbonated. You might have noticed. <laughs> Sorry again, guys. Um, I'm not going to give you our address because you can't send us the bill for your hearing aids, okay? Blood curling scream. <laughs> I was hearing. Okay. Uh, so are we going to move on to the Quagonary? Uh, yeah, the Queen Quagonary. If we're saying that wrong, uh, you can email us at uh, rule of thirds podcast at gmail.com. And let us know how it should be pronounced, and we'll probably mispronounce it again. Or all your best insults our way. We can take it. We're also oh, on Twitter. Snap. Third's uh, rule at That was going to happen too? Yeah, I instantly undid the thing in Move the... It in this the, way. Well, I mean, it's not going to pop and hold on to it, but... Okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that one barely made a sound, and you still shrieked. Well, it... Sound. <laughs> <laughs> sound. This one is darker, it looks like. Yeah, it does. So the Queen Quagonary was a special one they made for last year, as our listeners may recall. I think this is yeah. Whatever. What? What is? Uh, did you research? Did you fact check? As, um, uh, as is definitely my position. Right. To do. Well, I'm I'm not connected to the Wi-Fi, so it's it's difficult for me to get ah. a signal out here. Yeah, oh, you can't get signal out here anyway with our Wi-Fi. So um, even with the Wi-Fi, I can't get signal. Our house is too long, and our Wi-Fi is at the other end of the house, um, so it doesn't quite hmm. reach out here, but. I still get vanilla notes, but a lot more metallic and fruit going on in this mm-hmm. one. Mm, very. Yeah, it's very, very, very fruity. Much, yeah. It's got a more robust nose than the last one did. Yeah. I mean, which is not to say that it's not, it's probably less complex than the last one was, but this one just, it's, you can tell it's a fresher ale. Because okay. it's just a lot more. Apparently it means 150th anniversary. 150th? <laughs> was that uh So perhaps it's for the... Unibrew has been around for a long time. You're right, too. Oh, this. yeah. So that's probably the... Probably so under. maybe it would be Unibrew's 150th Odd that they would go with that branding for yeah. Trader Joe's. But maybe they did that on all their brews for that year. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, but then again, well, Trader Joe's has... Now, is it new? We know. Is it 150 years old? I don't know. Though? 60s I honestly well, don't know. Yeah, I was going to say 60s, 60s or 70s. Okay, maybe it's 60s. Because it's Aldi. It's, it's Aldi. It's European I Aldi. I know that. Also. So, vanilla. <laughs> but also, like. Maybe, like, some brown sugar and, and things like that. Mm hmm. Uh, that's more like what Trader Joe's used to taste like. It doesn't have the. Uh, <laughs> you go around looking Trader Joe's. On the nose. It <laughs> Sorry, the vintage ale. <laughs> it doesn't. It just has a. Sergeant. And I, I think this was the one, was this the one last year that we said was kind of reminded us of a um, Hefeweizen? Because it does. Maybe. Mean, yeah, because it it's, sure. it's got those notes yeah, on it. Dark, um, 
<laughs> was it 2016 that wasn't very good the first time? Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. one we didn't really like at the start, but it's... It's certainly so well. aged, it's aged very well. way better, yeah. For yeah, sure. this one's definitely got the Hefeweizen quality to it. Yeah. Um, for sure, for sure. I'm trying to I'm trying to pin down exactly what I'm thinking here. The nose didn't have as much spice on it, and even the flavor profile on this does not seem as heavily spiced as other past brews have. I think yeah. it's it, no, it's it, it, I would agree with that. It's like it's these last couple have milled out a lot. Mm -hmm. It mostly has the kind of weedy Hefeweizen. Like 15, I think. Like yeah, but almost like a Hefeweizen with maybe like a little bit of a quad or a triple. Yeah, probably so. I do think it's... I don't, I don't remember how I felt about this last year. I think I really liked this one. I think year. I recall um, you really enjoying it. But I think it has developed some kind of quality that I'm not too keen on, and I don't know how to describe it exactly. It's like in the aftertaste. It's uh, developed a, a bitterness that I find a little a little off-putting fair enough but i don't know exactly what to say to describe it you so you don't know what exactly it is that's off-putting about it you just know that you find it off-putting just just slightly it's not a it's not <clears throat> it's not a big problem it's just a, a little a little disappointing you know fair enough you know fair, i quite like it I, I really am enjoying it uh, except for there's a little hint of something that I'm is not it doing. is it a metallicness is it a This yeah, is, it probably is a little bit of a metallic note that is... Because there's... I mean, we found that to be true on uh, quite a few of these seem to have a metallic well, taste. Well, and metallic taste is not always a bad thing. No. But um, sometimes it's not. You just find it in contrast to the Hefeweizen Belgian quality. It doesn't... I don't think it balances really Not a good well balance. With it. Makes sense. Sam, Steph, thoughts? I like it. <laughs> I think I shared all my thoughts with it. Okay. It, it definitely lasts. has less... Complexity. Mm -hmm. It seemed like for a while there, like they were getting more complex and more boozy as they age. Mm -hmm. Both sixteen and seventeen, they both mellowed out. I'll be interested to see what happens with seventeen next year yeah. because that one seems like it it could go either way at this point. Remember, like fifteen was suit and thirteen too were both particularly like boozy. Very much so. Yeah, <clears throat> they were much more stronger. But these both it hurt. Out. It hurt to drink. Yeah. It did. I yeah. Really, I really Didn't stop wish, us, but yes. <laughs> no. I really wish we had the blonde to try to. We're doing 18 now? Yeah, let's pop open 18. Let's rinse our glasses here. Thank you, sir. I mean, if you want, if not, it's good. We could strike up a conversation. <clears throat> That's a an option. <laughs> a lively conversation. Why would we do that? This is a podcast, Caleb. Come on. Oh, yeah, people, <laughs> people don't listen to this thing to hear us talk. Just Podcasts aren't about talking, they're about drinking. <laughs> right, absolutely. At least the way we do it. All right. Okay. Well, like right okay, okay. So, so far, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commentate this for a second. So far, the... the the wire retainer <laughs> portion of the lid is off, but the cork has not flown violently across the room. Nope. Which tells no us that this is yet. the freshest ale yet. So, 2018, let's see what you got. Let her rip. Not well, bad. That didn't sound, no squeals. I mean, that didn't sound bad. You know that dry ice looking effect coming out of that? Yeah, look at it. Look at it, listeners. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Bask in its glory. Mm. 
bask in its eternal glory. If you'd like there to start being well, a live that, edition. Well, that wasn't the greatest pour I've ever <laughs> no, seen. That's not the same pour I was doing all of them. No, it definitely just had a lot more head involved, I think. Yeah, this is much foamier. Yeah, I'm doing the same Regardless thing I did on all of them. Because it's, of it's much fresher, would be my guess. Donka. I'm going to let the head go down on that one a little bit. Would we say that there was uh, practically no head on any of the uh, others? Yes, yeah. it hasn't been. And then on Caleb's pour, of course, there is... Well, Sam learned how to pour the beer. Well, by the time he got to you. It was, it was easier to not splash it out, I think. You also got significantly more than the rest of us, too. So Yes. Well, we all know well I mean, I got the same amount in my cup. It's just that most of yours is foam. Yeah, most of mine is air. <laughs> Beer-flavored air, but air nonetheless. Okay, let's see here. Much spicier, this one. Super much spicier. Very. That's because there's no. Uh, I was going to say flavors. significantly less on the natural flavors there's an in terms of the nose. Artificial vanilla smell going on here. Artificial vanilla. Yeah, it's pretty much just spices. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much all I'm getting is and no fruit to speak of. <clears throat> just a lot of spice. All right, let's have a taste. Very nutmeggy. I'm not sure. Very nutmeggy. I'm drinking my spice rack. It's a little, it's a little sharp. So, what's this that? Is, There's a flavor, after flavor. Mm -hmm. Very bready. Bread, yeah. yeah. Extremely it's, bready. Oh my God. Bread on the back like end, yeah. Doughy, like not even cooked. <laughs> this is kind of delicious <laughs> flavor. I like that. I like that. That's, it's ooh. just like a loaf of brown bread, just like mm -hmm. popping but up on initial, your palate. The initial, uh, uh, the initial uh, on the front of your tongue. It's like uh, sticking a nine volt battery to your. It's tongue. got a little bit of a bite. It <laughs> does. Like, I kind of I mean, like, like it. There's some acid. <laughs> For sure. Eating it's, away at my tongue. It's not unpleasant it's kind of though. Exciting. <laughs> it's not oh, unpleasant man. at all. I love that bread taste. Mm-hmm. This is this is noticeably boozier too. So this one is probably gonna age pretty. It'll. This one will probably age pretty boozy. Yeah. Because this is you know, a more boozy. This is noticeably boozy. For sure. But they all contain 90% alcohol by volume. Which is strange because they usually I mean, I, get boozy. I, I, I don't know. I, age, I feel like so. I'm being electrocuted while I'm drinking it. Well, I, is, it an un, is it an I unpleasant quality for you? No. He likes electrocuted. You heard it here first, listeners. Caleb, into that. I'm not saying that I'm into it, but I'm not saying that I'm not into it. You got a 50-50 chance, ladies. Caleb could be into it. I'm not, I'm not saying I haven't necessarily as a, as a younger child. Maybe, whoa, whoa, where are we going with maybe, this conversation? Maybe, maybe put a battery in my mouth every now and then. Oh, Me yeah. thinks he doth protest too much. You know, a nine volt battery we on the tongue. We know Sam it's, did. It's, it's thrilling. Oh wait, no, that was in your nose? Oh, a very small child. I suck watch batteries up my nose. Uh, <laughs> As uh, one does. And they got stuck up there in my sinuses and then leaked battery acid into my face. That explains so much. So much. Really, I thought it was the electrical today. shock I took to the brain. He also did that. <laughs> the big rocks that smash me in the skull. Yeah, the big rocks like to throw mind. into his brain. I gotta say, this is the most thrilling of the of the three. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know if I agree with that statement. 
Yeah, I don't know that I'm as thrilled as Caleb is. It's tasty. I'm just being electrocuted over here. It's he unreal. Really likes normally, electrocution normally, guys. normally when we do this, there's always one that I'm like, eh. Normally it's an even numbered one, mm-hmm. but this year I absolutely love all three of these for completely different reasons. Yeah, they're yeah. all really good. Yeah. Well, I said thrilling because I, f- I fear for I fear uh, bodily harm <laughs> on this one. I so, will say, don't drink any more of that one, maybe. No, I'm gonna drink. There's, all. there is a like the boozy, the the booziness I'm getting on the sides of my tongue mm-hmm. is very, very potent. Stephanie's trying to already. No, I'm just letting you know <laughs> on the sides of my tongue, I am getting a lot of booziness, as on if I sides? took a shot of something. Yeah, yeah. This one does have a much more boozy profile than the other two, for sure. Well, I've never taken a shot of something, so I don't. Let's have change any that. What would you like? Rum, no, whiskey, gonna, vodka. I'm here to drink. Beers. I can get you a shot of triple sec if you'd like. I had a shot. Ooh, don't don't shoot shot. triple sec. <laughs> don't shoot triple sec. It seems kind of sticky. Like, it wouldn't go down I mean, very how, smoothly. It's, how pansy do we need to It's get? an orange liqueur, so you've got the acidity well, from the orange and the... I'm aware. It just... It, I've been drinking triple sec all week. <laughs> yep. I introduced him to triple sec in literally everything. Yeah. I put it in every beverage. Well, Even I if it's on really. Beverage. Yeah. I just it just goes on Sprite and triple sec. Sprite and triple sec. All right. That's pretty good. I mean, but like, not like an alcoholic amount of it. Just, just, just like a little. Splash. It's as if you were just adding a, a twist of orange to your beverage. You know, yeah. just sure. I put it there. Well, <laughs> gin martini with triple sec. <laughs> What's next? What's guys? next? Well, uh, let's just keep the party <laughs> rolling. We've talked about the beers. We're going to be uh, sampling these throughout the episode. So occasionally, you may hear us chime in with. Uh, well, Caleb might start groaning because of the electricity. Um, <laughs> Things could get awkward. <laughs> per se. Caleb is taking another sip and is now pinching his nipples. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not happening. <laughs> this is but you never Caleb, know, keep your you? shirt on. Jeez. Um, it's not often that we're all together in one place, so it's just, it, all the fun starts happening Oh, then. you know what? I don't think we announced that we were all together in one place. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Listeners, guess what? We're all together in you one place. We haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> uh, and we, and instead of just doing our regular thing of, of sampling the beverages and stopping and recording another episode, we're just going to keep this rolling and talk about a couple movies that we saw uh, that came out toward the end of this year uh, that we both, that we all both, like only two of us are here, <laughs> yeah. that we all really enjoyed or enjoyed sure, to some yes. degree or another. Um, and let's go ahead and uh, both of them are available on Netflix currently. Um, and both were released by uh, great filmmakers that we on the show have discussed before. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with the most recent one to come out, uh, which is the Coen Brothers' latest film, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. What did you guys think of that? Fantastic. I feel like that Buster Scruggs didn't get much screen time. I felt like he, I could have done a whole movie on just that part. Yeah. Because I, I had so much fun with that. That's how the Coen Brothers get you. That is. I was very (laughs) disappointed by the fact that he was just not anymore. I really like him. And when the other guy started singing, by the way, it's a musical. Just the first section is a musical. Yeah, just his section. Um, When the other guy started singing, appalling. Appalling. What? Did not like that one I bit. Liked him. I, I liked thought it was fine. I know, duet I didn't they did. Like it. Where he was chiming in was from okay. heaven. The duet was okay. Well, that's because what that, was. that was just a little bit of a. It was a. There was an adorable factor that made the duet okay. I did not like the other guy's voice at all. And I'm sure it wasn't was really fine. his voice. I don't know. I didn't like it. I think well, it was. I think it, it was, was a fun. Cartoonish. It was too cartoonish. I, I think it was a fun little short story. I agree. It kicked off the movie nicely. 
uh, you know, the movie, which was just a series of short stories. It is. It's an anthology film, which is not something the Coens have ever really done before, which I found really and interesting. That wasn't the only thing they've ever done before that they did with this movie. It was not filmed. It was all digital. Interesting. They've never done a digital movie. <laughs> which makes sense. Also, fun fact, Netflix requires uh, their pro- their uh, productions to be shot in 4K. It was definitely not shot in 4K. It was huh. shot in 1080. So the Coen brothers said, just ignored that. <laughs> Well, Netflix they probably rules. just upscaled it later. <laughs> They're pretty much just right. like, you know what? We're the Coen brothers, so... Uh, but why, would, why wouldn't you, uh, <laughs> as the Coen brothers, shoot in 4K? I mean... I don't know. Really? Honestly, why they the resources, do? right? Absolutely. I think, and I it was like a requirement, honestly, but they... I think it's honestly just them giving a big middle finger to whoever they possibly can. Why? Why would the Coen brothers do it? They're so nice. Be- but they, <laughs> but they, don't need, nice. they don't need to be nice to sell things. You know what I mean? Like there's but no reason. But they are to. nice though. That's fine. <laughs> and but I would, but I would, if they can shove a little middle finger in there every now and then quietly, it doesn't matter. But they're nice. You though. still think Why would they're they nice? Do that? <laughs> Have you seen their movies? They're so pleasant. <clears throat> and a yet, lot of unpleasantries going on. Here's the thing I love about the Coens is they find a way to balance just the most horrible atrocities mm-hmm. with just the nicest people. Mm-hmm. It's great, and I love it. And uh, it's it it. I think is one thing in this movie in particular that was really kind of pushed to the fore because there are these vivid, amazing characters played by some new people to the Cohen staple and some old favorites. Um, John uh, Goodman, unfortunately, not in the film. Shed a tear. Um, but Stephen Root is back. Um, uh, Tim Blake Nelson is back. Several others. Um, they've got James Franco in this one. They've got Liam Neeson in this one. We've never done Coen Brothers film before. Ooh, Tom boat. Waits, who is my favorite part of this movie. Thank you. Sandwich. Tom Waits is my favorite part of anything he's in. <laughs> That's, yeah, I see Tom Waits. Very astute. Yeah. I really enjoyed that Actually, short that also. short That one was yeah. very, very good. I, I really spent the entire time going, no, no, something bad is going to happen. <laughs> and then it did. And I was like, no, I knew it. And then... It didn't. Somehow. And I was so happy. I it, was so happy. It's really well done. Uh, Tom Waits is fantastic. I would say that's probably one of my favorites. Um, there were a few of them that I really enjoyed, and then there were a couple that I just really was just kind of like, eh. The one I did, there's only one, there's one I was like, eh, on, and there's one I did not like. That, I think that's how I would shake out, too. Uh, the one with uh, Liam Neeson mm-hmm. in it was, eh. See, I'm that like, was eh. the one I did not like. Well, and I can see that. But. I will say that we went into this entire movie, Sam saying, I have an actor you're never going to guess. I will I will say, I will admit, I'm a very good voice and film actor guesser. Like, it doesn't matter how dressed up they are, how, how much they disguise their voice, I'm very good at guessing. Mm-hmm. Well, he was like, I, I know you're not going to get this guy. I guarantee you, you're not going to get this guy. The moment <laughs> Dudley came on screen, I said, Who? "Okay, well, okay." Is Dudley from Harry Potter. He's oh, Dudley okay. from Harry Potter. I said, "Is that Neville Longbottom?" And he says, "No, but you're in the right franchise." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay," because I can just see Harry Potter going on in my head right now, and I know this guy is from Harry Potter, and I got it. And he was like, "Oh my god!" 
It took like twelve it did. or fourteen. Eve's cast member from Harry Potter. I was so I threw in Hermione and I was like, You're close. Closer than she is. Disbelief, no not. I went from Neville Longbottom to well it's not uh it's not Draco Malfoy. He was like, No, but you are closer and I was like, Okay, wait, what? In that it's a villainous in that it's a villainous character. But no, he had just lost so much weight. Yeah. He was not anything like the character in Harry Potter that it just kind of threw me off. But I could tell from the eyes that he was from Harry Potter. Okay. <laughs> he just he had, just, that, he had those eyes. Harry Potter he eyes. He did have the Harry Potter eyes. Uh, Harry Potter, like, never really going to do anything else in their acting career kind of look. <laughs> yes, him, you he know? did. He did have like, that look. Like, I peaked at age 12 mm-hmm. kind of yeah, look. Yeah. So I, was, you, I was better when I was fat. So you didn't guy. like that one. The one that I did not like was the one with the... Uh, uh, the girl. Oh, I loved that one. Yeah, same here. I loved. I thought that one was really. I'm good. sorry. I think that your criticism of that one is completely stupid. No, <laughs> the ending was dumb. Yeah, no. There was no his... reason. She jumped. She killed herself so fast. I'm like, what? But she. Yeah. But he had gone so well, in depth about how she had to do it. She mm-hmm. protested the entire time. Yep. He was telling her she would have to do it, and he was. She was like, no, no, I don't want to. Why would I do this? And then all of a sudden, it came down to. Either I die or they kill me. It, and honestly, it was very much, it was the most tragic of all the stories, yeah. which is probably why I enjoyed it to the extent that I did, because all of these stories are, in one respect or another, tragedies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that one, I think, really played up, and you really grow, They, I think that's the longest segment, too. Yeah. You so really you, get into the characters. They really spend a lot of time You spend time there. Yeah. Yeah. So you really get this. They they really let you know who she is, the kind of person she is, the circumstances around what they're doing, where they're going. They're moving in a wagon trail west. Um, she's got a prospect out there, which is everyone's kind of uh, about, um, but and including her, um, and of course when she finds her moment of happiness, then the very next day or the very next scene is when the tragedy begins to strike. Um, she and another uh, one of the heads of the wagon train go after it's the dog right mm-hmm. uh, they go after the dog and um, they get ambushed by Indians Native Americans and uh, he tells her he hands her a gun and he says hey if I go down you shoot yourself because it's a lot better than what they'll do to you and yeah and kind of explains and in, in some, gory detail yeah, explains what they're going to do to her what they would do to her um, and so he goes out and fights, and one of them knocks him over, and he doesn't look like he's getting up, but he does, knocks the guy off his horse, and really one of the best, mm-hmm. like, action scenes that I've seen all year. Uh, knocks the guy off the horse and goes back, and she's already shot herself. Um, and so now he has to go back with the small yappy dog and explain to this girl's new fiancé um, why it is she's not coming back, which that was the, I mean, I, I teared up a little. That was, that was just a, 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 such a gut punch. And that's why I think it's so polarizing. You either love it or you hate it because it's so, it's so very much what it is and very unapologetic about that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, mean, I was hoping for a happy ending, so. I I none of those stories had one. I think it's a very, uh, Coen Brothers Tom thing to do. To Tom Waits got well. gold. Yeah, but he also killed a guy. So yeah, but I mean, gold. that guy tried to kill him, but he only got <laughs> That guy shot me in the back. <laughs> that guy was a thief. 
He didn't you tried hit. to steal my pocket and you shot me in the back? He didn't hit nothing important, just guts. <laughs> just guts. And who's to say, who's to say he's not going to die like five days from now? No, I he's think fine. If, I think, if you <laughs> I think read... that guy's doing okay. <laughs> Honestly, Tom Waits will beat anything. He's pretty sturdy. If you read the page prior to them turning the page, I think you read actually something about him living living a, a while longer before he passed. Hmm. It, if you if you read the rest of the page, because it was it was a, a novel, so they actually had pages from the story, quote unquote. That you could read. They didn't give you much time to do so. That was the transition from one story to the next. Was the turning yeah, of the pages it, of the novel? Yeah, but I'm pretty sure I, did, I didn't get to read it very thoroughly. But I did see something about he lived blah 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 before he passed. So I don't know how long, but I think he did. And but that's I think the reason I didn't like the uh, the one with the wagon and Liam Neeson is because I didn't feel very attached to the characters at all. Mm-mm. I didn't really care about them. It's, I mean, it was sad and it was tragic and it was a thing. It's happened. a silent film, essentially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's not much dialogue there. Everything is driven by uh, glances and the cir- the circumstances and the situations. But they didn't really like. Even Liam Neeson obviously wasn't attached to the character. It just didn't feel. Well, no, but I mean, thanks. I think that's supposed to just be. Um... That's kind of what it's about, is how harsh yeah. the world yeah. can be. And, like, people like that, you're... you're... Particularly for the wide-eyed dreamer. Exactly. Right. <clears throat> but I, I feel like they almost set you up to not care that he inevitably kills his... I don't know. I was set up to care for the uh, quadruple amputee. Mm-hmm. Um, I cared about him a lot. Yeah. And, was, uh, and knew it was coming. I mean, oh, I knew 100%. You know, obviously knew it was coming. This was going to be a tragic... I actually thing. didn't know it was coming. It, it kind of blindsided me, which may be why I didn't like it to the extent that I did. I think Part that, of me hoped that he would find a way to take Liam Neeson out, to be honest. Watching the the complete lack of, of affection that Liam, Liam Neeson shows to this to mm-hmm. this boy, that's what clued <clears throat> me yeah. in that, like, that there's, like, this is not going to end well. No. Yeah. Because clearly Liam Neeson... Liam Neeson is not invested. Not at all. I'm not saying I shouldn't have seen it coming. Yeah. I'm just saying I didn't right, for whatever right. reason. I had suspicions that it was, a, it was, it was a, not going to go a way of He was a way of paying the bills. That was Right. It. That was his and meal ticket. Whenever, and whenever accounting chicken. Right. The, <laughs> Which, the mathematical chicken okay, came let's, into play. Let's, let's, and... let's address the mathematical chicken. Okay? <laughs> let's for, please do for, it. A, for, for a second. Because clearly there's okay. some sort of trick. Here's there's, the thing, though. I don't think that he even took the mathematical chicken. I think he just bought a chicken and wanted to pawn it off because they never showed okay, him being the of, mathematical chicken. I kind of also thought that too, that they swapped the chickens out. Yeah, because or he couldn't figure out how to do the trick. Yeah, I think that would have been never, a great ending for that he story. He never went any farther. Like, they never showed him performing the trick or him making any money off of it. I honestly wish they'd gone just a little bit farther and shown us that Liam Neeson jumped the gun. Well, I think that possibly we're meant to. Hope like assume that. that that is what happened yeah, because because really what I was thinking is that well obviously the chicken is not doing math right right it's, it's not a, it's happening a trick. it's a trick but he sold him the chicken not right. the, trick. the trick so exactly. you know clearly this is going to be ruinous for him mm-hmm. that's why I, I, I that's why I always felt like when I was watching yeah. the two times I've seen it I felt like that I'm like little, yeah, it's the chicken so there's like really there's feel... like a there's like an implied karmic justice that yeah. you can you can kind of imagine yourself for yeah. <laughs> uh, for Liam Neeson's character. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, reasons... I like that one actually. Oh, okay. I know, I know you don't like. Yeah, it. Yeah, I was. It was my least favorite of the bunch. What was your least favorite of the bunch, if I may ask? Oh, 
let's see. If you say the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, what was my least favorite of the bunch? Well, he really liked Buster Scruggs. You know, how can you not like Buster Scruggs? That's true. To be honest, my favorite part was the. It's hard to say. I think I liked them all about as little as I could. (laughs) 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 No, um, that net tracks. Shit. Uh, move on. Someone else. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I, I didn't much care for the final one either, but I also didn't hate it. The what very, was the final the, one? The last episode they're on the carriage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That one was, I, it was okay. I, I didn't really like that You know what? It left too much to interpretation. Yeah. Yes. And people were like. Yeah. I mean, I got I, it. Like, when, like, I, when I read stuff on the internet, <laughs> people are still like, what is it? Were they yeah. dead? Were they not dead? No, they're clearly oh, dead. I'm sure that there's a lot of, 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 of fan theories going on on the internet right. that you can read about, but. Yeah, I think it left a lot up it to left interpretation. Too much interpretation. I got a little bored during that one. Yeah, I found the conversations really interesting, and I loved. Yeah. I loved all those actors. Like all of those actors in that carriage were fantastic. Brendan Gleeson is one of my favorite working actors. I think he's great. Um, in Bruges is a just a classic and a beloved film of mine, um, which of course he's in. Um, of course, naturally. That's Mad Eye from Harry Potter. Yes. Okay. Didn't know if you knew who we that had, was. Oh, yeah. We had okay. that conversation. Oh, and we also had the conversation that uh, Daphne's fiancé that she left at the altar was the other guy. The Frenchman. That was sitting across from ben him. Frazier. Uh You remember her lawyer? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, yeah. yeah Husband yeah. to be? Yeah, no. Yes. I, yeah. Sam was like, no, it's not. I said, I guarantee you it is. I it bet you $50 is. it is. So. We shook on it. With that being said, I love their conversation, (laughs) but I feel like the conversation didn't lean towards what the actual story was. No. Like, the conversations were great, but it didn't imply. It it implied something, I think, about the lives they all led, Mm -hmm. they all led, and as disparate as they all were, they all ended up at the same place. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the point. I think uh, that now that we're talking about this one, because I literally forgot about this one. I kind of did, too, until Sam brought it up. Yeah, This is probably my least favorite one, too. Not because I didn't enjoy the conversation, because I I did enjoy the conversations. and um, The performances, I thought, were great. Yes, but I feel like it was an unsatisfying end to the film as a whole. It could have been a good beginning. It might have been a decent one to slap in the middle somewhere in there. (laughs) Which one would you have put as the end? In its place, if you had to well, put another shit. one there. I kind of disagree with you. I think as the ending, if if what happens... Play Ballad of Buster Scruggs again. <laughs> again? Just yeah. Buster Scruggs in heaven. Like that, the beginning and the end. <laughs> if With the context of the story, is this whole, uh, the whole movie is one tragedy after another. Except for where Tom Waits somehow survived. Mm-hmm. Right. With having to have to murder someone. But it's it's all about mortality, clearly. Right. But with the ending, with the very last one, if what happened at the end, if, if that one was about what everyone thinks it was about, it kind of makes sense because it's showing that no matter what you're doing, what life you're living, you're going to end up in the same place. Okay, yeah. that's fine. But I, I still feel like that in the moment, I wasn't satisfied by No, same here. Even it. watching it for a second time, because I knew I was going to have to go back and watch <laughs> that one. Even watch it for a second time, I still was like, eh. And I thought I get it, but it my was... favorite, I think, was Tyne Daly's character, uh, the the hardened old preacher's wife, who's unable to um, uh, come to the terms with the fact that her husband was probably having an affair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the affair was the trapper. Yeah, his that like guy ten was... minute convert rant. They just kept going and going and going, like... and then he'd always come back to the same exact point. No, the same. It was great. It was really good. just like weasels and ferrets. <laughs> 
Weasels and ferrets. I mean, uh, weasels and and, and minks. No, weasels and minks is, is my thing I've been going on about. We have weasels and we have minks around here, by the way. Oh, cool. Just running outside. Let's go hunting right now. In the dark. They are very rare. I don't know where to find them. So, the thing is, yeah, that that's probably my least favorite because of what we have discussed thus far. Um, very yeah. bold move of putting James Franco in the movie. <laughs> uh, what did you guys think of that one? I was not. You know what? That was I, probably my second least I gotta favorite be honest, one. Because of how of how short it was, and how it was funny. It there was were funny, some really funny moments, and in I that really one. enjoyed it. <laughs> Pan and, shot. Like it's not that it's not that it was. Uh, it's not that it was like a, a really <laughs> a really deep or complex one. Mm-mm. It just had a lot of really funny gags in it. Mm-hmm. That I really enjoyed, and so from that perspective, I had a blast. Well, become a that. meme. Really? The one where he's first looking, time. Yeah, first time. Yeah, that's, that's a I meme love that. That's a meme that meme. was my that was my favorite line. I've seen and the guy's looking at him like, huh? <laughs> that was that, that was great. Yeah, that was great. I, I really liked that one actually. I would not put that in the second the least favorite. Yeah, that was that was my one that I was kind of met on. Yeah. I could be seeing that because it was really it. short. It didn't have a whole lot of story to it. I was just, I was kind of waiting for something else. I guess you know what yeah. it felt like to me is just like a, a just a traditional Cohen esque series of escalating events that mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. Except for it was like hyper speed. Yeah, and then it was over. <laughs> it, was, it was very, very contained. Very contained. Yeah. Did you guys have a favorite? It's like uh, raising Virginia? Arizona no. condensed into like three minutes. I think <laughs> everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite is the Tom Waits sequence. <laughs> the coloring. I love the coloring in that one. That one really looked that gorgeous. One it was. I'm like, that is what I want to capture when I make my movies because it was just like the realistic. That's what America looks like in the colors. Like people don't get that. That's what it looks like. That beauty. That vibrance. That one to me also, for some reason, was the most sad. Because he spent his... In- God only knows how much of his life searching for this gold. For Mr. Pocket. He finally finds it. Of course, you think he's dead. He's not. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> like we haven't already said right? that. <laughs> but it just... I don't know. It just he spent so much of his life searching for this one thing, and really, couldn't he have been doing something else? Well, you're getting a little deeper into that, I think. You know, his life a little bit happier. Like I was, I was just sad for him because he was this old man going through digging holes. He wanted to become a famous musician and to be a mystery man. Well, okay. Life here, Sam. So. That was awful. I thought I was gonna. I thought I was gonna see. Some sort of owl-related judgment and right? retribution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. I'm yeah. very upset the owls didn't know. I thought the owl... The owls weren't what they seemed. I thought the owls were <laughs> The owls were, were gonna, nice? See, when he, took the one, when he took the one egg, I was like, oh, it's over. Yeah. It's over. Mm-hmm. This, owl, thought, this owl knows. Then I thought to myself, oh, no, the owls are there to protect him. The owls are going to gouge this guy's eyes out for shooting him in the back. But well, I no, didn't think that because I thought, but the owls knew that he took an egg, so the owls are clearly the enemy here. I, th- I felt like the owl let eggs. them know. Yeah, but he took one of them, though. Yeah, I felt like the owl was watching him and knew that that he didn't take all of them. He was, but he took he was one nice. of them, though. Obviously he not fertilized. He took one of their children. <laughs> he figured it out. He knew it wasn't fertilized. It was just a yoke. He took one of their children. I like that all the animals 
hide and run away when he walks. And as soon as he leaves the valley, they all come back. Yeah, the CG'd I, fish and the cg deer. No, that was real fish. That was real deer. The CG deer. I think they were real fish. fish. That was real deer. What do you guys think owl eggs eggs taste like? I don't know. I imagine like ostrich eggs. Probably like quails. But I've never had those either, so. Quails. I've had had chicken eggs and I've had duck eggs, but I've not had any other kind of eggs. I like duck eggs. Duck eggs are pretty good. They're richer. They're richer than chicken eggs. A little bit, yeah. Much more. Have you had fermented goose eggs? No, I have not. Neither have I. You ever had pickled eggs? You know what? No, I haven't. Me neither. But I've seen them at the store. <laughs> I have yeah, pickled eggs. Have They're had, pink. Have you had quail eggs? No. You never <laughs> No. I've, ne- I've never had a reason to. So, on our next podcast, <laughs> we all eat eggs. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to basically just mix up a big old bunch of eggs next year. Sounds like a good plan. We're going to make omelets for everybody. Um, including you, all of our listeners. This is the best no, way to eat an egg. Um, it Honestly, it depends on what you're in the mood for, my friends. There are so many different ways to prepare eggs. I prefer poached eggs, but I don't want to make poached eggs, so I usually will go fried or scrambled a little bit. You can make like really good layers. poached eggs in the... Uh, yeah, those are really good. <laughs> Sam, for the listeners at home, Sam says, I like soft-boiled eggs, and then sits back with this <laughs> smug look of satisfaction <laughs> on his face as if to say, that's right, I'm and right. that means I'm better than you. I won this argument. Have you met Sam? <laughs> You guys haven't met Sam. <laughs> oh, you ever soft boiled egg and just put in uh, soy sauce? No, for I days? hate eggs that are not cooked. Okay. If it's not cooked properly, then it's a problem for well, me. Well, it is cooked. No, it's not. It's it's uncooked. It's partially cooked. You're part way there. You're just not all the way there. Yolks. So you don't like you don't hard. like runny yolks at all? No. Okay. No, no. Interesting. I like my eggs scrambled, fried over hard, hard boiled. Okay. Well, I'm says the, next the man time. who <laughs> likes rare. So, Steak. It's totally different. Not different. Not a big fan of it's salmonella. Meat v poultry. Not a big fan issue. of salmonella. Anyway, I have never gotten salmonella, and I have never eaten a full cooked egg. Well, you know what? Egg. I've Yet. never gotten salmonella either, and I've always eaten a full cooked egg. You can get salmonella from some freaking vegetables if you want. My well, favorite vignette was. <laughs> Guys, it's getting ready to get serious. My favorite vignette was the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Because really? Tim Blake Nelson is probably gives one of the most terrifying performances that I've ever seen. Yeah. I honestly yeah, sure. think I would rather come toe-to-toe with Anton Chigurh than I would with Buster Scruggs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because honestly, I think what Tim Blake Nelson does with that character, he, he makes him surprised. seem really benign. Mm-hmm. And then he just lets loose a tirade of murder. The in entire his time way. smiling. Yeah, and by and, the way. and never never breaks a smile. And never it's once. The it's disturbing. Time. He's in a world of his own. He oh, is yeah. making jokes, talking directly Merriment. to the camera, Deadpooling right to the camera. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I think Buster Scruggs knows he's in a movie. <laughs> I feel like the color Either that is. or he's just <coughs> hopes he is. I feel like there's a lot of these vignettes are homages to other movies. Very much. Brothers. Could be. Um, I don't know enough about westerns to really be able to pinpoint not a lot even of them. Just that. I'm trying to remember. I'm sorry if I don't remember now, but there was one. There's like some specific stuff that made me think that they were definitely referencing other movies. Cool story, bro. Sorry. No, it's just like that, like like the whole talking to the camera. Like it's very in with Deadpool now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's the Coen Brothers have never been ones to kind of wear their their references on their sleeves, like a lot of directors will. They're not ones to ever say, um, "Oh yeah, this was really this was really influenced by blank," or "I pretty much took this shot for shot from X." 
Um, they've always been kind of yeah. I mean, you know, if you watch our movies and see what was in, see what influenced them, then awesome. And if not, then you should probably see more movies. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, any so, any other thoughts on Battle well, of the Well, my Spurs? favorite yeah. vignette, Caleb. What's your favorite vignette? The uh, was the uh, Oregon going to Oregon, going girl, to Oregon. Girl. The one that we've already talked about a little bit. Yes, I love that one. It's I, great. Sam was like, "Gotta be honest, this is the one I hate." I'm like, "What?" Yeah, I'm not sure how <laughs> are, you can are hate you that one. Are you kidding me right now? It's really good. I love that one. I got so that I got so invested in that one. For sure, uh, it was because it felt and, and then it, and then it, and then it hurt. And then it hurt, and I said, "Yes, this is what I came here for." That's a top three vignette I didn't, I didn't in that know, film for me. I didn't know that's what I came here for, but when I saw it and when it happened to me, I was like, "Yes, this is this is why I'm here." Yep, um, on this earth. And uh, so, what are your top six vignettes from this? <laughs> My top six vignettes are in random order. <laughs> I couldn't even name them all. There's only six of them. There's only six of them, and I we've talked about all of them so far. I have the names listed on Letterbox, but since I can't access the internet here, probably well, let me try, but it won't get very far. Get very Steph, far. did you have a favorite? It just brought back memories of playing Oregon it Trail did. on the computer. You know, here's the thing. I'm 30 years old, okay? I'm old, guys. Including and someone who dies of dysentery. It's not it, dysentery, but... But that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh my gosh, how many oxen are we going to lose what did he die of? Ca- crossing the river? It was cholera. I was oh, yeah, that's okay. It was cholera. Oh. Um, which you could also die from in the Oregon Trail. It's a shame it wasn't the consumption. <laughs> right. That's, that's what I normally assume. It, it consumption. Did. Not just any consumption, the consumption. But that's what they call it. Oh, I know. It had a, it had a very um, kind of knight in shining armor quality to it. It had a uh, repressed sort of feminine sort of vibe to it. It had a lot of things in it that you want from a movie in general that they put in movies in general and one of the very few female coen brothers protagonists yeah i would say that marv gunderson and uh maybe the Catherine zeta jones character from uh intolerable cruelty are the three that are popping to mind right now there may be some others that are missing but burn after reading oh burn after reading francis mcdormand's character in that one as well basically i think she's in in the coen brothers not not always raising arizona she's not the lead but it was just a very the, those two were probably my favorite. It was hard. It was hard to choose but between the, one, the two of them. The one that had Tom Waits in it had Tom Waits in it. <laughs> that's, that's fine. The one that had Tom Waits in it, though, I I enjoyed, but I, it was Tom also, Waits befriends the pocket. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I also got a little bored during. Well, that you know, one. Oh, no, that was, there was just I that was Tom, Wait, gold. Tom I Waits. Tom Waits is works. just no, a captivating presence right for me. Right now, your face is boring. <clears throat> Listen, so you talk. drink, drink okay. some more of this 2018 vintage ale and get your nipples all <laughs> and you won't be so bored anymore. Okay. So. Well, Stephanie, you know what? I think I'll have some of that 2017. Just to avoid the nipples. 
Okay. We'll Caleb's gonna he's, we'll he, to he's gonna save his nipples. <laughs> Caleb saving his nipples for marriage. For... Marriage. <laughs> I was gonna say marriage, but I'm like, is Caleb gonna get married again? Probably not. <laughs> oh, come on. Well, I do have to. Would probably need to like you know do something involving tr- attempting to make that happen. I was gonna that. say you don't really seem like you have an interest yeah, in getting married. We again. still have we still have it out for my sister. He doesn't like women. Who's we? Sam. Not me. I didn't say shit. Well, anyway. <laughs> Ballot of Buster Scruggs. I think we can all agree. Really good. Do you guys, have you, did you guys put any thought as to where you would put it in your Coen Brothers Not rankings? Not until literally as you were starting that sentence, <laughs> I think to myself, shit, I should have ranked that. I did rank mine. I, I put it at number six. So it's just outside I the top play, five, but it's very like good. Middle high, probably. I'm just going to go ahead and not rank it. I think that's the best you thing didn't for e- everyone involved. You didn't even complete your original ranking, so. <laughs> nope. Nobody got it. <laughs> Too many numbers. Too many numbers. No, I, I exceeded I, my mental capacity a long time ago. <laughs> I, I thought it was honestly the best Coen Brothers movie since The Serious Man. Uh, so I, which, as you know, ranked number one for Isn't me. That just the last one? No. No. Hell oh. Caesar was their last one. Yeah. Hell Caesar is there's some there's some really great stuff in Hell Caesar. Yeah. Um, I think the good stuff ultimately outweighs the bad stuff in Hell Caesar, but it's overall not their strongest effort. Absolutely not. If that yeah. were anyone else's film, I would say it's probably a fairly strong effort. But because it's the Coen Brothers, we're like, yeah, but you got all this stuff. <laughs> I really feel like that that film didn't know what it was. They just had an idea and they didn't really flesh it out very well. But whatever. That's, Which, that's I mean, the is. We already talked about this. Yeah, we did. We did. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah. I would agree. This was a, this is a high. It's high up there for the Coen Brothers films. Uh, but I will abstain from ranking. Fair in enough. A, in a, any kind of specific language. Fair enough. Stephanie, have you seen enough Coen Brothers films to rank it? I will tell you, I've seen nearly all of the Coen Brothers <coughs> films. However,. I don't know directors nearly as well as I know actors, so I couldn't tell you which ones the Coen Brothers films are. Sam will always say things to me like, oh, that's the Coen Brothers for you, and I'm like, oh, is it? <laughs> oh, is that what we're watching oh, right now? Okay. Um, yeah, Speaking of the Coen Brothers, um, Big Lebowski is also on Netflix right now, so hey. I watched it like three days ago. It's great. And it's... Still love that movie. Uh, Fargo season three. <coughs> you want to see Fargo season three? Yeah. I still haven't seen Fargo season three. I need to. Can uh. Fargo be my top rank? Yeah. Okay. Fargo's a really Far- good movie. Fargo. I, uh. And. Huh? Fargo was definitely Fargo the best TV vignette. Show. Both. <laughs> okay. Both. They do really like a TV show. Love them. <clears throat> love them. Both of them. Fargo season three. So, speaking of films you can also find on Netflix, there was another film that came out earlier uh, this month. In or I guess it was middle of last month rather because we're recording this in December, uh, about a month ago, uh, and it is the long-awaited film by my personal favorite all-time filmmaker, uh, Orson Welles's *The Other Side of the Wind*, which I know Sam and Caleb and I all watched. I did not. Stephanie did not because she doesn't <laughs> love great time. movies. <clears throat> she doesn't like movies. It was also a really long movie. It was longer than I thought it was, was going to be. And yet, that was still only cut from 100 hours? Yeah. There's, well, I mean, considering how the film was actually filmed. Yeah, well, he was in a lot of it. Orson Welles filmed himself for, like, the first part. Mm-hmm. And then he decided he didn't want to be in it. And then uh, the main young guy was the main actor who was the younger Peter one. Peter Bogdanovich? Yeah, he was a completely different character for, like, the first half of filming. Yeah. And they're like, no, nah, you need to be in this role, not this comedy role. Which is interesting, because the, the character that Bogdanovich was playing at the time he recorded his first role was very similar to who Peter Bogdanovich was at the time, who was yeah. a, a film 
uh, reporter, I guess, a film journalist who would go around and interview famous directors, and then who the character he eventually played, which he took the role from Rich Little, the uh, great impressionist. Uh, the ro role he eventually took was who Peter Bogdanovich was when he was reporting that part, which is to say a very successful film director. Uh, so Peter Bogdanovich went from playing Peter Bogdanovich to playing Peter Bogdanovich, <clears throat> which is kind of fascinating to me. Yeah, he's absolutely the best actor in the movie. He, he's fantastic. It, his was my favorite performance in the film, bar none. Yeah. Uh, he did just such an amazing job with it that those last scenes in the drive-thru with him and um, John Huston were... Just fantastic, just phenomenal. Also, John Huston. I love the <clears throat> fact that John Huston was in it. Yeah, like that was the best. Like John Huston, like okay, the director. Yeah, John Huston. But he also did a, a good deal of acting himself. Like he was also in Chinatown and a few other films. I mean, he's he's done some acting. Oh, he was in Chinatown. I, <clears throat> I try to forget about that movie. <laughs> what are your intentions toward my daughter, Mister Gettys? I like his voice. He's, he's got a great voice. And did you guys watch the uh, by chance to watch the? Um, the documentary on the, the making love me of. Better when I'm dead. Uh, not the love me when I'm dead, but uh, final cut for Orson. Oh no, I didn't see that. It's in the. Uh, if you go over to like the trailers and more, it's kind of shoved in there, which is a weird place for it. But they actually have footage of Danny Houston coming in and recording uh, ADR for his dad, <laughs> uh, which is fantastic. And of course, Danny Houston, the actor that a lot of people, he's one of the great that guy actors. He was in. Um, it's sad that the only movie of his that I can think of right now is uh, X Men Origins Wolverine, where he plays Stryker. But he's that been in sad. he's been in a lot of better <laughs> movies. He was recently in Wonder Woman, where he played the guy that you thought was going to be uh, Ares, but wasn't because it was David Thewlis the whole time. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's just one of the great all time that guy actors. But he is the brother of Angelica Houston and the son of John Houston, and he came into ADR his dad, and he sounds just like him when he's doing the ADR. It's it's insane. It's really cool. Definitely check that out. It's called Final Cut for Orson. It's under the trailers and more section on Netflix. So I don't know about that. definitely check it out. It's it's I think it's better than They'll Love Me When I'm Dead personally. Okay. Yeah, I'll go because I watched that twice. Yeah, that that one's still pretty good. I've been obsessed with this movie since it came out. That's like my favorite movie of all time. Okay, so let's let's do a little um, backstory for at least for yeah. Sam and I. So in two thousand and fifteen was that right? Uh, it sounds about right. Oh, I, still have the, I still have the ticket stub in my office. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't even I, know where mine is. I kept it to remember this, and now I'm really <clears throat> glad I kept it. Yeah. Because. So 2015, for my bachelor party, just to show you what a film nerd I am, uh, my buddies arranged to go to the Orson Welles Symposium on the celebration of his 100th birthday in Bloomington, Indiana, which is not far from Indianapolis, where I live. So we went down there for the weekend. Sam was there too. And the night that we were there at the symposium, they were discussing, it was a, it was a panel discussion of The Other Side of the Wind with uh, Philip Jan Reichma, uh, the producer, Jonathan Rosenbaum, famous film critic, Joseph McBride, another famous film critic and historian who was actually in the film, The Other Side of the Wind. He actually took the role that Bogdanovich abandoned. And then Josh Karp, who wrote a book on The Other Side of the Wind. So the four of them were up there talking about it. They showed footage from the film. Um, and it was kind of one of those things that it had been talked about being released forever. Like, since Orson Welles died, they've been talking about trying to put it out and trying to, to make it happen. Um, and it never really had. And so this panel discussion was, well, what are, how likely is it that we're going to see this movie? Everyone there was really positive. There wasn't a lot they could say for legal reasons, but they seemed really positive and really excited. 
hey, this is something that is definitely going to happen. You will definitely be able to see Orson's final movie. We got really excited. And then three years went by before we actually finally got to see the sucker. And they showed us clips, though. <clears throat> they did. At the symposium. They showed us clips that were actually edited by Orson. A couple of them are available online. They're a little different than they ended up in the final film. Uh, one of them was, I think, I think the, the car scene is pretty dead on. The car scene, I think they cut a, they cut a little bit of the car scene. The cut car scene was not as long in the final cut as it was in the what we saw. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, I don't remember that. I remember that's the hottest thing I've ever seen in a movie there. <laughs> um, the car scene with Oya Kodar and, uh, ba, uh, what's his name, Bob Random, uh, the actor that plays the, the guy um, riding on top of him in the car while they're driving. Um, and then the scene at the... Whoa. Wait, what? So this, this movie is. <laughs> so there's okay. So let, let me. I let's, heard guy riding on top of him in the car. No, and she, I, oh, no misunderstanding. Oh, okay. Oya Kodar is a female. Okay, I heard guy riding on top of him in the car, and then no. I went back to the fact that Sam had said it was the hottest scene he had ever seen in a movie, and I was like, wait a minute, what? You're finding well, out all you sorts know. of things about your I husband, aren't you? I am finding a lot of things out about <laughs> Sam. No, no, no. Uh, Sam's Oye... former wife was part of this podcast. <laughs> Oya Kodar was uh, Orson's mistress. Okay. Um, and his muse. Uh, okay. And she pretty much wrote that section of the film. So the okay. film consists of uh, a legendary old Hollywood director who is trying to make one final film in order to, to find relevance in Hollywood. And so he's making a film called The Other Side of the Wind, which is really just kind of a Orson Welles parodying, from what I understand, Michelangelo Antonioni's films, yes. which it references, because I used to watch a lot of those movies that reference, it's like a... Is that El Topo? Bas- no, not the same guy. <laughs> oh. But you're in the same like realm, it's just these, yeah. it, he's parodying and making fun of these 70s avant-garde. I was avant-garde. thinking of El Topo right. while we were watching that. I right, but like... it's the same kind of thing. It's these avant-garde 70s like pretentious art house films that he didn't get. I have a lot of watching interviews because he talked about it, he's like, I would never make this movie. Yeah. But when he tackles that subject, that's the best '70s avant-garde movie I've ever seen in my life. And that's what a lot of people that I that I know who are familiar with Antonioni and, and those of his ilk are saying is that when Wells parodies Antonioni, he uh-huh. may, he he makes he does Antonioni better than Antonioni. Yeah, it's like this is better than anything I've seen from the era. Which I to me, if if Wells can take a, a a piece of art that he doesn't understand and do it better than the people that are actually doing it. That says something. It's like it Weird Al putting out a more popular single than the people who wrote the original song. Exactly. It is. It is it's, the same It's thing. that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and, and it's... Um, so um, so that's the... Th- um, and it basically, through the course of, um, of the film, we begin to see that the legendary old director, Jake Hannaford, played by um, John Huston, is deeply insecure for various reasons. Uh, one of those reasons is the fact that his protege who is uh, Brooks Otterlake, played by Peter Bogdanovich, has eclipsed him in terms of success, notoriety, and standing in Hollywood, uh, becoming more successful than Hannaford ever has been. Um, and the other stems seems to stem from the fact that um, Hannaford has these romantic intentions of some, some form or other toward his leading man, which are not reciprocated, uh, which ultimately... Um, we're led to believe leads to Hannaford's suicide at the end of the film, and that's not really a spoiler that Hannaford dies at the end of the film because that's like they told right in the beginning of the movie they say that the opening Peter Bogdanovich uh, monologue pretty much references that right away. Yeah. So it's not necessarily something that we're spoiling for you, although 
we don't do spoiler warnings, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, too late. It's going to happen, <laughs> guys. It's going to happen. But, Tom um, Waits doesn't die. <laughs> oh, man. Not in this movie, doesn't. No. <laughs> no. I'll let Betty White. That's not, um, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, I... This is a film, this is, I think, probably one of the more challenging films that we've discussed on this podcast, just in terms of what it's saying. Um, my initial very first impression was less positive than I had hoped it would be, simply because it felt to me like a satire that was about 30 years too late. Uh, it felt like it was satirizing things that were no longer relevant in the culture. Um looking back on like reflecting on the film afterwards i don't think i agree with that assessment anymore but i've not really watched it again so i can't really put a finger on my final thoughts on it i will watch it uh, more times because it is orson wells and i am firmly committed to giving him the benefit of the doubt i if i don't enjoy an orson wells film i figured that that's my problem and not his problem. <laughs> so I need to, uh, I definitely Work know. Work on yourself. I, dig yeah, a little deeper. Absolutely. Figure out what's going on in your life that has made you so wrong. Right, right. And, you know, it take take stock in myself and figure out what it is about this movie that's brilliant that I'm missing. Watch it again. <clears throat> I understand where you're coming from, that it is a satire that is 40 years too late. 40 years, yeah. 40. Oh, I wasn't trying to correct it. I just couldn't remember what number you had said. I said 30. Okay. 40 is probably 40s. more correct. Yeah. I get that. For me, though, I understood all what he was satirizing, sure. satirizing. So I understood and appreciated it. It was way better than I expected going in because when we had saw the clips, the only thing they showed us was the car scene, and I think the scene pretty early in the movie, right after they were done filming all the women. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and I didn't get that part when we were, when they showed it to us. I didn't mm-hmm. understand that. It was really hard to understand out of context. The scene on the bus, right? No, they showed us the scene right after, like in the stage. Well, maybe it was actually. I was say, walked, I maybe seen he that. was washed, walked right into the ranch. Okay. They may have walked oh, right yes, into the ranch. Oh yes, it was the party. The opening, yeah, yeah, part, the, the opening scene of the party. The party where yes. they're all doing the interviews and stuff. Yeah. That's really hard to understand outside of context. Mm-hmm. But inside of context, it made way more sense. Mm-hmm. So seeing it inside context, it was everything I thought was a lot better than. Well, it was better than I expected to be. Yeah, and see, for me, it had been. I it, this, this is something I've been looking forward to for as long as I've known about Orson Welles. So. I think my expectations were probably a little higher. Yeah. So you would yeah. maybe come up with a little too much of a picture perfect idea in your head. That's kind of where, I, and then that's why I know I need to, to basically do a reassessment of it. Yeah. Um, because I know that. But there's come to the reality of it. There's so much going on in this movie. I had to watch it. I think my fifth time watching it was last night with Caleb. Yeah. I had to watch it that many times because there's so much going on. He's doing so much. And he does everything so well, I think. And that's kind of what I mean by the most challenging film is this, yeah. this film is trying to tackle a lot because on the one hand, it's Wells's own frustrations of his own artistic career and his own artistic trajectory right. over the course of his career. It's his frustrations with his protege, Peter Bogdanovich, who, as I may have mentioned, is essentially playing himself. In fact, Bogdanovich says a lot of times in just about every interview that I've seen that Orson's direction to him half the time was play it like it's us. This is us. It's you and me. Um, it's it's Wells trying to come to grips with New Hollywood, commenting on it and satirizing it. 
Um, also lamenting Old Hollywood. Yeah. Because a lot of the, because when they're not showing the movie in the movie, all the stuff that's outside of that, a lot of the uh, lighting is done very noir-esque. Mm-hmm. It's very old school Hollywood. Yeah. How they're all walking around talking. Which is, which is where Wells comes from. That's right. his school. Exactly. So, I mean, there's, there's, and there's so much going on. It's, you have to be paying attention because if you're not paying attention, if you, this is not a film that you can watch while you're looking at your phone or while you're trying to do other things because you won't, you won't really get it. Um, so, I mean, it's one that really requires, demands, I would say, your attention, um, which may have been part of part of my issue as well. So um, I was not quite as undivided in my attention as I needed to be. Um, so, it, again, it's definitely one I will revisit. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of rewatching a lot of Orson Welles' films so I can rank them all on Letterboxd. Um, one thing he's satirizing that I didn't catch is he's not just satirizing the avant-garde portion of Hollywood. He's also satirizing the gung-ho um, Hollywood. Um, not Hollywood. Yeah, the Hollywood, because avant-garde wasn't really in Hollywood. The, ho- the Hollywood, like, militant fascist mm-hmm. type directors. Uh, the one guy that gets punched in the back of the head apparently was supposed to be his version of John Milius. Oh, that's funny. I thought that was great. Yeah. I, I looked that up and he's like, yeah, it's supposed to be parody of John Milius. I'm like... Okay, and you can the, you can tell there are a lot of characters that are standing in for other characters. Um, there's uh, actually a whole list on Wikipedia. There is, yeah. Uh, and and I'm I'm just gonna say this straight out: Jake Hannaford is pretty much standing in for Orson Welles, um, as much as Welles himself would would balk at the idea of creating art that was that personal. I think he was doing that because Welles liked to kind of be in charge of his own myth and his own mythology, um, which if you but again there is a very and I think credible theory that if you if you are making a film you put a piece of yourself in it if you are an auteur and Wells is certainly an auteur um, all of his films deal with very similar themes betrayal being I would say probably chief among them and in that respect also in the fact that you're looking at a lot of different narrators and different storytellers and different vantages it's very much a great counterpoint to Citizen Kane uh, the other side of the wind is, um, and so like watching those two, uh, or thinking about those two kind of side by side, I think that also really appreciate amped up my appreciation for the other side of the wind. Yeah. Um, reflecting on that, so like I said, it was one that I've I've kind of had to sit with for a while, but initially I didn't really like it, which is why if you look at my review on Letterboxd, it's not particularly favorable. But I think on my next rewatch, it will probably be higher. Um, so, and I don't know when that will be, so stop asking me, um, but I'm hoping it will be soon. When will that be, Steven? I, Stephanie, I will come across this table. I dude, need I've to only, know! Dude, I've, only, I've already watched it five times. <clears throat> yeah, well, I don't, I don't have the time that you do. And neither do I. <laughs> I don't have that time. <laughs> and yet here we are. And that movie's like... I haven't even watched it once. It's a long it's movie. It's, it's about two and a half hours two long. Hours. It's only two and a half hours long. But it's so interesting. It, it's, and it's my a, favorite scene in the movie was the final was towards the end at the uh, drive-in, where they're playing the movie, and then the guy goes into the uh, booth. He's like, are, "Are you playing the right reel? Is this in the right order?" And the guy's like, "What does it matter?" And then, see, my favorite was matter. was totally the stuff insane. between Hannaford and Otter Lake there at the uh, at the drive-in. That the what did I do wrong, Daddy? Um, that yeah. stuff was just that just ripped my heart out. That stuff was so good. Uh, and I, I think Bogdanovich's performance is awards-worthy. I don't think he'll win any. Well, you know, I was watching the uh, the Love Me When I'm Dead, and Orson Welles kind of treated him like that. 
Mm-hmm. He threw him under the bus in a bunch of interviews. Then like, we'll call him. Hey, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're doing that. They had a weird like father son relationship going on there. Yeah, their relationship was as as tortured as that relationship was, which yeah. is I think the fact that Wells was able to be that honest um, with himself in that. Yeah. Kind and of that's situation. what I always appreciate like, about Citizen Kane about this too is that you like you were saying part of being on tour directors part of him goes in there, but he always handles it with such neutral understanding. Because from what I'm understanding too, like a lot of those characters in this were stand-ins for people who betrayed him in Hollywood. He didn't throw them under the bus. Like the Pauline no. Kael character, yeah, uh, sp- played by Susan Strasberg. Yeah, specifically, like she, like I guess in real, like the who, yeah, she was the one that wrote the article that basically claimed he had nothing to do with Citizen Kane. Right, and like yeah, and he like she was like one of his biggest enemies in Hollywood. <laughs> but he didn't treat her like she was a bad person. Mm-hmm. Hit that character. He treated no, her very that, neutrally. Yeah, that character, like that. that character was treated with it's a, like he a, recognizes, a lot more respect than you would expect. Right, he like recognizes flaws and and in part of them in the John Houston character because John Houston was a flawed character. Very much and so. And when people bring up his flaws, he would have problems. Well, and of course, whenever Wells was pointed, well, if it's not you, then who's it supposed to be? He would always defer to, oh, it's, it's a Hemingway-like character. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, okay. And he said he, he took the homosexuality all from, from Hemingway and his own... <laughs> Hemingway's own tendencies, but if you read a lot about, if you read a lot of, I would say, third-person theories about Wells' younger days, uh, you'll find a lot of that stuff there. Well, well. I was, a lot of stuff he was talking about, too, he wanted to tack, tackle mm-hmm. toxic masculinity, because that mm-hmm. kind of stuff interests him. And in, in, in that respect, it makes this film very poignant for this age in which we live. Yeah, it, yeah so it was a very good time for that to actually come out, honestly. Because that's what he, want, he wants to tackle, because that was a Hollywood like, type of directors was where these super masculine and that's when there was that was the, the type that John Houston was in right, real life. Yeah, yeah, that's why like like John Ford and the other Johns. <laughs> all, all of all of these are directors, by the way, that Wells really did admire. Right. Like a great deal. And you want to tackle that weird, like over manly cowboys, scar smoking, scotch drinking, mm-hmm. tough guys. Which is great because that kind of went into the seventies, like they kind of split off into the seventies with the avant garde artsy types and the and then basically John Milius, a lot of people accuse him of being a fascist. I don't get that. If you ever actually his stuff, he's kind of a weird guy. He's like a Zen libertarianist, but he is. But a lot of people accuse his movies of being fascist, like sure. a, a Dirty Harry. Um, uh, Wait, I would say the sequels are tend to be more fascistic than the original. But yeah, I kind of get that too. We yeah. should do we should do Dirty Harry movies we sometime. Should. But but if we ever decide to keep, but this he's thing wrongly going. he's wrongly accused of that. Sure. But but that was a kind of impression. He was a super conservative, like fascist, manly type. He's like trying, and they bring that out too. In that both of them are proteges of John Houston, mm-hmm. and he's supposed to be the overly manly type. Yeah, portion of that. Right, and so you kind of see, yeah, both sides of that. Yeah, Caleb, you've been oddly quiet. What were your thoughts on the other side of the wind, sir? Just thinking about electrocution. <laughs> you need to get those nipples going. Sam passed in the 2018. So, um, well, I'll tell you. No, don't, don't do that. I'm not done with this 2017. I'll tell you what. Um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I hated that movie. So. <laughs> yes, he did. I, how did yes, I, he did. I totally saw that coming, uh-huh. by the way. Totally saw that coming. Um, this is not a Caleb type of movie. I thought it was your favorite, Caleb. I uh, did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> not like it at all. Do you know what it is about it you did not like? Very tedious. Okay. I found it extremely tedious. I think you so. just need to rewatch it. No, in his defense, he was actually watching the whole thing. Okay. Because he was actually like, it's super interesting, but I also hate it. Like, he said that to me. He's <laughs> That's like, what I, I said. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is interesting, but I hate this. So what? Let me let me let me break it down. Then what is it about it that you found so engaging? Because obviously you were engaged. Well, 
I think that the the performances of the characters were really really strong uh, throughout, and I was generally interested in like the the stories that were taking place between these characters and their relationships and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But the, the problem with me, for me, with this movie is that I don't have any context for any of the criticisms there or or, or um, satire that is being done here. Because I don't, I've never watched any of these movies. I'm not a scholar or a student of of these of film from this era or well, any you, era. If you like so, film, that so would be one thing. Me, but. So to me, I, like I understood and recognized that there was a satire occurring here, but I don't know any of the names or the faces that I'm supposed to connect these with. Sure. So, and even like even like the 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 uh, the film itself that was being made. I was watching it, and I'm like, I know what this is supposed to be. You know, I know this is supposed to be a satire of these, you know, artsy films of this time period. I, the whole time I was thinking, the other side of the wind is sexual. Of course, in the El Topo trailer. Right, right. But the thing is that I've never actually seen any of those movies. I've just seen the trailer. We should watch El Topo sometime. I've heard talk about them, and I'm familiar with the concept. So a brisky point. I I have a feeling that if I had more context, I would have probably enjoyed it a lot more. But where I am, it all made enough sense that I kind of understood what was going on, but I didn't appreciate any of it. Sure. So it ended up just being a waste of two and a half hours of my time. I'm sorry you feel that way. So, yeah. I mean, I don't... I feel no, like, malice <laughs> towards the film. I just feel like that I am not at all the, the correct audience for it's it. It's an advanced movie. I had a buddy I went and saw a couple weeks ago, and he was asking me about what movies I saw, and I was talking about this. He was like, should I watch this with my girlfriend? I'm like, no, you should not watch this. You should watch this. Don't watch it with your girlfriend. You're not going to get this. You're not going to appreciate it. It's boring. Who were you talking to? Uh, a buddy in... Uh, Carmel where I used to work. I, okay. I stopped in to see say hi to him and he like we talk about movies sometimes, but only a little bit. But no, I told him about the movie and then told him not to watch it. Because it's a lot like if you don't understand what's going on, you're not gonna understand what's going on. Yeah. Basically it's, it's kind of it, it, like I said, it's a very challenging movie yeah. and there's a lot of pieces and there's a lot of layers. There's a lot of depth to what's going on here. And so it's not it's not a you know, a Sunday afternoon rainy day popcorn movie. This no, is like turn off all the lights in your house and like get your you notebook know, out because you're gonna be taking notes. You... A nice strong cup of tea, <laughs> and you know maybe some buttered scones and just like focus in because you're I'm gonna be living with it. I'm down with buttered scones, but I don't care scone. about any of. These you know what a buttered scone, Caleb? A, a buttered scone with clotted cream is one of life's simple pleasures. I don't know what either of those are. Sounds like arteries. Well, butter <laughs> is a uh, is a product. No, no, no of, I know what milk. butter is. But you said clotted cream and buttered scone. And okay. I, I don't. I, I can't picture what either of those things are. Clotted cream. It. it clogged it, pores. Clogged. Basically, clogged pores. it's it's arteries. incredibly arteries clogged. Well, probably clogged pores too. And pores. <laughs> it's butter. Lots of things. Yeah, happening it is butter after all. That are getting clogged. Uh, but no, uh, clotted cream. It's. Uh, it's a very, it's a sweet, spreadable, uh, clotted cream. cream. You might say. Yeah, uh, it's Just very before butter. Very popular on, um, or up in um, the uh, the England Scotland area of the yeah. world. I mean, I've heard uh, of it, good. but I have never you know, know like seen it. Um, <laughs> if you if you are you at all have you? Is it culture? Wow. Mm, okay. <laughs> Yes, Steven. Steven. 
That uh, that 2016 Pro- was. I mean, probably. I mean, probably not. Whatever you're asking me, probably not. Have you ever watched the web series Binging with Babish? Oh, I have watched the web series Binging with Babish. What? I was watching it just the My other day. Mom. In his, yeah. I, I think it's his episode on <laughs> the. It's the breakfast. The breakfast from. I watched him make English muffins the other day. I can't stop thinking about him making English muffins. <laughs> he looks a lot like you too, which I think is I really know. funny. The big beard, the bald head. Yeah, it's like the two qualities. <laughs> the two qualities that I have. Uh, the hairy arms. It's you get the whole thing. Um, well, that is a weird quality. quality well, he does all his videos. He films hands. them from here down, so all big you hands. see are his hands and Large his arms. Hands. What about his nibbles? Do they get excited by beer? I, you know, <laughs> he's never revealed that about himself on the actual web series. But he releases a new video like once a week. So he does. <laughs> it's, it's only a matter of time. So, only a matter yeah, of time. The one he released this week, he's in the shower. Eventually, so. whoa. So we find out. But I don't know if you. I don't know if his nipples are seen. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention to whether or not you see his nipples. Jesus, derailed. But (laughs) the breakfast from the Phantom Thread, in that episode, he actually makes clotted cream. Okay. Yeah. Because he makes scones and I think cultured butter. I didn't watch that one because I haven't seen a Phantom Thread. You need to see Phantom Thread. because of that... You need to do Paul Thomas Anderson. Because of that... I don't watch I don't watch Babish episodes about things I haven't seen because I don't want to know any spoilers about the food that's in there. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, I kind of understand what you're saying. Sometimes I watch stuff and become going back to the Battle of Buster Scruggs, watching Tom Waits sift gold, it made me realize how you actually sift gold. Yeah. I'm like, that's how they do it? That's intense. It, it's a process that I, I don't know that I've ever really understood. Until I watched that. And, and then you watch that the whole, and they make it just clear enough. You're like, wow, I'm glad I'm not that. Yeah. You know what? You go out you think about it. You think about it though. And you think there's no way all that gold's been found. <laughs> I'm going to California. Right. <laughs> there is so much of that. All the that areas that are untouched, do. though, are under like national protection. So oh, no that's nobody's the, gonna know that's I'm the, there. That's the government's gold, Caleb. It's all that bending over in the water, sifting. Yeah, it seems like who, amazing. Who, speaking of, who was the guy that shot him in the back? He was probably part of the government. No, conspiracy not theory, Stephanie over here. Not likely. He is probably no a low life who was following around. <laughs> I'm just saying, he looked like he's part of the government. I mean, I know that people who work for the government are all lowlifes. I know Follow that's true. But... He had he had a lot of pimples on his face that had popped and scarred over. That's a lot of anxiety that had happened. I'm just saying that just because government, just because it's one thing doesn't mean that it's necessarily the other. You know. I'm well, back to the other side of the wind. Oh wait. Wrong movie. <laughs> I was out of the wind. Great movie. So, you know, that's my... You, you understand where I'm coming from on it. Though. Yeah. And so, for me, it's not that it was... I, I, I wouldn't say that it was a bad movie. I didn't consider it to be a bad movie. I just considered it to be the wrong movie for me. Sure. Uh, yeah, and I, I wouldn't have expected it to be your favorite movie. This is why I haven't watched it. Again, this it's not really... Oh, that was, a, that was a great call. On your part, I have not, not watch watched it. it because honestly, I don't care that much about movies to watch something without looking at my phone or getting up for twenty five minutes in the middle of it to not. Yeah. Oh, you! If you got up for twenty five minutes, you would be lost. But that's the way I am. With There's movies. lots of some of those characters were in the movie when they watched the movie within the movie. Like, what is going on? It's here. If anyone wants, I'll watch it. Span. I don't have the attention span for it, so I knew better than to watch it. Yeah. Again, it's probably again you know, you know yourself objectively yeah, enough to know. Can't do it. It's 
not something you'd be able to do. But if you if if anything about our conversation has interested you, Sam and I do both highly recommend. Uh, Sam a little more highly than I do because again I need to rewatch it five times, guys. Well, I don't recommend it because no one gets it. But that's why I said if you if you have enjoyed our conversation and feel like it's a film that you would enjoy, uh, yeah. if it's a film it. for you, you already know that and you've already seen it. So. Not necessarily. <laughs> Let's face it, if they're listening to this podcast, they probably should watch it. Yeah. Don't watch it, Mom. I don't know, because some people might be... Don't watch it, Mom. Or Hans. Don't watch it. Just don't do it. Are they our listenership? That's pretty much it. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised. I I know we've got got some international listeners. Hello to our international listeners. What? Um, Yeah. country? Watch it. I don't remember. I really wish you would, so I could know. Other ones... Other ones? There are other countries. There are if I could access the internet, I'd be able to tell you. Scandinavian? ways to look at statistics. French? Indonesian? Probably German. Germans. I'm guessing German. I would imagine the Germans. Probably. We did do a whole episode on their expressionism. Yeah. So. They, they probably thought, like, oh, maybe these guys know something. They're listening Dr. to Shane. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, if you listen to, to this podcast, we appreciate you. Uh, if you would like to get in touch with us, there are several ways to do so. We do have a Facebook page, as we mentioned. Uh, you can search Rule of Thirds Podcast or At Thirds Rule. Uh, at Thirds Rule, by the way, is our Twitter handle and our Instagram handle. We don't really do much on Instagram, and that's totally my fault. Um, but we should, and we might. Um, and then you can also email us at uh, Rule of Thirds Podcast at gmail.com. And if you do email us there, uh, then uh, we might read your comments on this very podcast on our next record. So, hey, let that be some incentive for you uh, to do that. Um, but, yeah, so this has been our potpourri episode, I guess, our combination beer review and uh, movie discussion on a couple of our favorite, favorite in heavy air quotes, films from 2018. Uh, and I say the air quotes because Caleb really didn't like Other Side of the Wind. Uh, Caleb, is there a movie that you've seen that's come out this year that you have enjoyed? When did the uh, Bohemian Avengers Rhapsody? Did you see that? Infinity War. I didn't see it. When did Go Ava- watch Bohemian Avengers? Rhapsody. What? You saw Avengers. See Bohemian Rhapsody. No, but when did Avengers: Infinity come out? It came out in like June, July. Well, there you go. August. Yeah, that was probably What's your favorite movie. I like that one this year. That was good. That's my favorite Marvel movie. Really? <laughs> pretty strongly about that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This is pretty cool. We'll yeah. we'll have That's to we'll good. have to talk about that sometime yeah. then, yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Uh, go see Avengers: Infinity War. And Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> and apparently Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, which I have not seen. It's good. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Freddie Mercury, long live. Woo. But Brian Singer. Mm. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, let's not think about him. I mean, okay, that's another topic for another time. Hey guys, um, this has been um, our potpourri episode of Rule of Thirds. I don't know what the heck I'm gonna call it yet. But you'll know because Poo- you'll have already Poo-pourri? downloaded it. Poo-pourri? You know so what? You we're trying quiet. to end this? Oh. We're trying to wrap this up. <laughs> anyway, I'm Stephen Foxworthy on behalf of Sammy Dumas, Stephanie Dumas, Caleb Dunkerson. Thank you so much. Happy holidays and thirds rule. Peace out. All right, it's Bye. time. Pass me the 2018. It's time. Don't pretend to be stupid. Now, you're supposed to be the brainy one in this club or this, I don't know, this clan, whatever it is you call it. It's a highly informal organization, lady.
Well, I mean, there's nothing like that going to be happening. I'm just going to have just some 2018. I'm just going to enjoy some electrocution. I'm going to enjoy a little electrocusity. Okay. Electrocusity? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's electrical. There go those nipples again. It's like uh, He's glowing, guys. He actually kind of is. Woo! It's like being... It's like being wrapped in nine volt batteries. It's like Caleb is a Christmas tree right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh man. Anyway, that's great. um So guys, which beer did you like the best? I don't think we <laughs> talked about that. Oh, I I was all in on the twenty sixteen, I think was probably my favorite of I the I think three. sixteen is my favorite too. I yeah. really enjoyed sixteen, which is surprising considering the fact that we really didn't like it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Well, age, man, it yeah. goes to show you. That's what age will do for you. I'm I'm thoroughly disappointed by the fact that I just read the back of all the bottles and they're all exactly the same, even though these beers are in no way, shape, or form well, the same. I don't yeah. like the fact that they couldn't even come up with a new description for the back of the bottles. I don't know for sure if they know what it's going to turn out like. I mean, honestly, it's quote crapshoot. They, like, I, I know, doubt that they think about this. They literally go in one day, uh, a handful of this. We'll do half a handful of this. I, they don't really measure anything. I suppose, but, like, come on, guys. Give it a little something different. You obviously decided to leave out our, uh, our, uh... Natural flavors? Like natural flavors. Yeah, you were really bummed about the natural flavors. I'm just saying, like, well, if you're going to leave that out, at least change the back of the bottle. A glaring omission. 